As we're talking about transformation and learning more about what's possible for you as a believer, I want to kind of pause today and just go over why there's such a battle in our lives to to walk in all that God has for us and who God wants us to be. I can go through scripture and we can look at all the verses that tell us who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to act as a believer. And most of us attempt to do our best to love, to have walk in peace, to be kind, to be generous. And so we try to make these attributes alive in our life once we're born again. And to be honest, the church world has kind of been stuck for generations trying to win the world by offering Jesus as a helper to their life. The message might be, you know, don't you want Jesus to help you to have a better life, to have more finances, to have a healthy home, to have health in your life, to be whole, to be complete. Don't you want that in your life, to have a happy family and a happy marriage? And so many people, when they come into Christ, number one, to go to heaven and not hell, they see church and the gospel as a way of making their life better. To be more successful, to be more complete in this world. And so they, they're inspired to pursue to be better people. Now, most people never make it to the fullness of what the Bible says. The love of God is much different than a love of a man, a love of a, a human. The, the peace of God is much more than the, the peace that can be generated by a human. So most people try their best to be what God said they could be. Truth is, everyone who goes down that path fails. And that's why I've been going so focused and being so focused on transformation. Because I believe it is the lost message in the church today that has been hidden by a pretend message of serving God. that will still get you to heaven. But you'll never be all that God wants you to be because it teaches you how to try to be all of that in your own ability. Now, everyone has these blockages in your life. It's usually from the past, something that happened. Now, when I was working with a community soup kitchen, we would help feed the poor every day, hot meals. It was a really nice ministry. And we would get a group, there was a group of people in our town that would show up every day to eat. These poor people, we made them a deal. You know, you come and come at 11 and you sit through a sermon, then we'll feed you. And we even had groceries they could take home and clothes and that kind of thing. And the same group overall would come and rely on that food for their meals And we kind of built a system in the church where different people would get to preach. And this poor group of homeless guys and girls would show up. And and I swear they get saved every, every day because that would be the basic message. God loves you. He wants you in heaven. You need Jesus. And they would come and they would, they would eat and then they would continue. They lived off of the church and the church was doing its best to help them to get to heaven. And what I learned through many of the homeless people there, was there's some people that just don't want to change. It's not that they don't want to change. It's that they've tried to change, but they've been overwhelmed by something inside of them that is causing them to submit to it. And it might be the responsibility of life, that they just don't want to be responsible for life. They may not be functional enough to make enough living, or they may not believe that they deserve it. There's many reasons why people are homeless. And so we would grab a few of them and we thought we could help and we would get them an apartment and we would clean them up and get them a bike and a job and new clothes. And and almost every one of them ended back homeless within a month. They would sell their bike and their clothes and, and they would... Uh, not show up for the job after the first day or the second day, and they couldn't afford an apartment after the month that we paid. 
and they'd end up back homeless and back in the community kitchen. And that's when I really realized that part of the job of the church is to love people, to make sure they get to heaven because they're not going to change. They're not, they gave up somewhere. They gave up the fight to change. They gave up the fight to do better. And I'm using the homeless because that's a pretty extreme example. But we all know of people either through drugs or bad experiences or whatever that are homeless. We've all seen them on the road asking for money. We know people that have given up. But to a lesser extent, that definition is what I would say most of us in the church have gone through, where we looked at the promises of God in the Word. I have my Bible in front of me here. We look at the promises of God in the Word and for love and joy and peace and all the things that He wants us to be to the world, to be like Him, be like Jesus. And we pushed hard to be like Jesus. But all of us have come to a place in areas of our life where we just quit fighting. We've just accepted this is who I am. Because I've tried to change that area a thousand times. And I kept, it just wouldn't quit. It wouldn't cement. So finally I submitted to it. And these are what we call strongholds. Stronghold is something a place in your your thoughts, a place that you have in your life that a fortress is built around. What happens is your natural man tries to protect you, the natural soul. Now, let's go back a bit here. I'm trying to not get ahead of myself. I'm going to just read a verse out of Luke 17. Luke 16, sorry, we've talked about this before. Talked about the rich man and the poor man, Lazarus, that the poor man died and ended up in Abraham's bosom, and the rich man died and ended up in in hell right next to it. And how in hell they had bodies, they recognized each other, they had emotions, they had their eyes and their fingers, and even thirst and pain. And this was in the afterlife, while their natural body was on top of the earth, it was being buried, here they were still in existence. We would say they died, but really they still were existing. No one ever really dies. We all live forever. It just depends if you're saved or not where you live. Here's a man in hell that has a body. And so in understanding the power of transformation, it is that you have an inner man and an outward man. And the inner man is born again. You have a new nature and you have an inner body that is created in righteousness and holiness because a new nature brought it to life while your outward body was left to death, left in darkness. Meaning that you now have the opportunity to transform where you live out of, out of the outward man or the inward man. The inward man must be renewed and must grow in the wisdom of God. But you still have the outward man. You cannot believe the outward man away. That's no longer who I am. I don't do that anymore. Many of us have said that. And then we broke down. Many of us have started diets. We've started exercise routines. We've started lifestyle changes. We've started many multiple things in our life to try to live the better life. But then we ran into something that kept dragging us back, holding us back. Why can't I just eat salads and broccoli and kale? Why am I always attracted to cheesecake and cheese and all the other stuff? My stomach itself, its it doesn't matter. It doesn't complain if I, as long as I feel it. But you know, i got to please my taste buds that want something special. And so why is it that I can't just be the salad guy? And why is I'm always pulled to different things? What's pulling me? Well, this is the message of transformation is to understand that what's pulling you is no longer you, but your body that has been left dead. Your body has the natural part of your soul. Inside of your outward man is an inward man. 
In Luke 16, we read, we'll just read a few verses here out of here. Luke 16, verse 14. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. That's verse 24. Luke 16, 24. And so here is a man in the afterlife with a body. Now he's not saved, so he's in hell. He's being tormented. Thank God when we go to heaven, we don't have any feelings of fear or torment because we are born again. Our inner man is righteous and holy only. But when you got born again, something amazing did happen to you. You didn't just sign up to a church. I used to go to the bar and now I'm a member of the church. You actually became born again. You received the nature of Christ in you and that nature brought to life your inner body. And the inner body is inside of the outward body. So here is two men that Jesus is talking about who died. But yet in the afterlife, they had bodies. They had fingers and a tongue and were thirsty. This man was thirsty and he was in hell. So he was tormented. But that was in the afterlife. That means you have, by design, every person is born with an inner body and an outward body. And we kind of have heard this in our Christian understanding that that's why we receive, at the sound of a trumpet, we receive a new outward body. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, the outward man will be turned righteous and holy like my new nature. Now, until then, I am left torn because I have an inward body that is inside of my outward body. So when I lift up my hands, my inner man lifts up his hands like my my outward man. Now also inside of my inner outward, outward man, my flesh, my outward body, inside is also a spiritual mind and a spiritual set of emotions. You have now a spiritual mind that is alive and righteous. So that's why you can understand God now that you're born again. That's where the Holy Spirit prays through, and that's where the wisdom of God goes into your spiritual mind, which is inside of your natural mind. You also have a spiritual set of emotions. So we would say in our terminology, I have a soul, a mind, emotions, and desires that is now torn, it's connected to both realms the spiritual realm, and the natural realm. But now, because I'm born again, the spiritual side of my mind and emotions and desires is righteousness and holiness. It only desires God, and this is where the love of God is built when I pray. This is where the wisdom of God is placed when I seek the Word and when I spend time praying in tongues. Is inside my spiritual body, the spiritual part of my soul. So in other words, in my natural part of my soul, mind, emotions, and desires, inside of that is the spiritual side of my soul. My inner man is inside of my outward man. But my inner man was brought to life. My outward man was left in darkness. Hence the battle. When you realize what transformation is teaching us is that I am not a broken man anymore. I am not broken in my past. I've been set free. But where is that voice of brokenness coming from? You take a a young man who comes to church and everyone's excited because they get born again. You know that young man, he's maybe 18 years old and he's excited. He got born again. He was a drug addict. Came to church. Preacher laid hands on him, and that boy got born again. He cried, he fell out, he wept, he got up, he lifted his hands. You could tell his countenance changed, and that boy was saved. Now, the next six weeks, he's in church, sitting on the front row, worshiping God. And you're like, this boy, he's been radically, radically changed. And then after six weeks, 
he disappears. He's in church every Sunday, every Wednesday for six weeks. And then all of a sudden he disappears. Well, where did he go? Well, he fell to the temptation that took him down before. Well, you know, the preacher said, the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. So I thought he was free. We prayed for him to be free. He got saved. He became a new creature. We watched him. We watched that miracle where he became a new creature, a new creation. So why did he go back to drugs? Because that's what happened. He just got curious or tired or depressed or sad or something that opened the door for him to go back to the patterns that were in his life before he was saved. That means that that pattern didn't leave him at his new creation. It was left. He wasn't set free. You can ask that boy, boy, young man, why are you back in drugs? It's because you want to be? He'd say, well, no, I don't want to be. I want to be a good Christian. I want to live righteous. I want to live holy. But I just, there's something in me that keeps pulling me back. And so those things that pull us back, these are what we call strongholds. Now let's look over here in Second Corinthians. And I'm just going to read through this. You stay with me today. We're building the, the importance, the imagery for the importance of transformation. We've read this many times, Second Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 16, Therefore do not lose heart, even though your out, our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So what that means is my outward body, which contains the natural part of my mind, emotions, this is what we call the soul, the outward part of my soul, the natural part of my soul that wasn't saved, that's the natural man. The inward man is a spiritual body that contains the spiritual side of my soul that now can grow and be renewed in the wisdom of God. But the outer man wasn't fixed. It wasn't changed when I was saved. So now I'm still carrying and living in this natural body. I want to give you another verse here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Many Christians get these verses all mixed up. I, this is verse 1, Now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in present am lowly among you, but being absent am bold towards you. But I beg you that when I am present I may not be bold with that confidence by which I indeed intend to be bold against some who think of us as though we walked according to the flesh. So he's saying, I'm hoping you understand that I'm being bold in this letter so that you will change. So when I get there, I don't have to spank you. For though we walk in the flesh, talking about the outward man, though we walk in an outward body. Now, he talked about the same outward man here in a few chapters earlier in chapter 4. The inward man and the outward man. So though we walk in the flesh or the outward man, we do not war according to the flesh. Now we're going we're gonna to focus on these, these two verses here, or this verse. For though we walk in the flesh, so though I have an outward body, we don't war according to the flesh. In other words, the answer to overcome these areas of our life that are holding us back. You have areas in your life that are holding you back from being a better person in this world, from being the best parent, the best uh, worker, the most prosperous. And the world has come up with ways to inspire you and instruct you how to be better. But that is according to the flesh. That is the flesh trying to improve on the flesh. But Christianity isn't about improving the flesh. It's about mortifying the flesh. It's about growing and maturing in the inner man so that Christ will grow in us and we touch the world with the love of Jesus instead of a better love of my outward man. 
your soul is connected to both realms. The inner man is now light. The outward man is now left in darkness. So now you have a battle of every thought comes from two places. Every emotion comes from two places. And we're going to read here that we, for we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So our warring is not by the flesh to fix the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Now, we want to we want to understand what a stronghold is. A stronghold is a a thought pattern, a place of thinking that's empowered by emotions that refuses to let you go there. And I gave you examples in our last video about many people who went through something in their past and found themselves broken. And as they tried to move forward in life, something was trying to hold them back from succeeding. We talked about the one man whose mother abandoned him when he was seven. And he had a, he had a hatred in him towards his wife when he got married. And he didn't understand, why do I hate her? I love her. Uh, she's great, but something in me is trying to get, makes me not like her after I married her. And the answer was he had a stronghold that said to him, I'll never let a woman hurt me and abandon me like your mom did. And he was puzzled because he was a Christian. He loved God and he wanted to be the best husband possible. But he was fighting something in him and that thing wouldn't give up. He cursed it. He rebuked it. But it wouldn't leave him alone. It was not a devil. It was his own natural soul. Because that's where the strongholds lie in your natural man. Your natural man is where wrong thinking, unbelief, lying, uh, wrong imagery, brokenness is all in your natural man. So your natural man is where us built a stronghold. The natural part of your soul said, I'm building a stronghold around this problem so that you'll never have to face it again. It's actually trying to protect you. I call it the monkey on my back. This body that I'm wearing has own, its own ideas, its own desires, and it's trying to lead my life. It's not just the sin of smoking and drinking. It's trying to lead my life and say, I'm going to keep you safe. But it's a liar. It doesn't know how to keep me safe. So when this man stepped into a marriage, all of a sudden he didn't want to be married, but he wanted to. And you could talk to him and say, you should do this. You can do this. And see, if he tried to, he tried many times to force himself, but there was a stronghold a fortress built inside of his natural mind that was empowered by a strong emotions that said, no, you're not going to go here. Just like a homeless guy, when we tried to get him successful, something in him said no. And this is so powerful, this natural soul. These strongholds are so powerful that rather than allow a homeless guy to be in his own house, to have respect for himself through living a good job. This stronghold would rather him live on a street and make him feel safer living on the street than holding a job. Well, it's the same thing with this man who wanted a beautiful wife and had a beautiful wife and wanted to have a good marriage. This stronghold was willing to sacrifice and keep him single and broken rather than let go and say, yeah, I give up. These are strongholds that all of us face. And it's, where is the stronghold? Many old-timey um, people who really believe in God for a revival, they thought the strongholds were demons in the, over the air. And so there is, there is a structure of demonic work in all the cities and countries and all of territories, yes. But they took this as saying, that the weapons are mighty for pulling down strongholds. 
So off they went. Some would rent out the, the highest room in the tallest building of the city, and they would do spiritual warfare over the heavens, trying to pull down the strongholds over their city. And some would even rent airplanes so they can get higher up, and they would curse the devil and speak against the devil. But this stronghold here is not talking about that. This stronghold is talking about inside of your natural man. Now here's what I want us to see. The stronghold is not in you anymore because you're born again. You are a new creature with a new inner man that can grow in the wisdom of God and the love of God. But you're wearing a natural man that did not disappear. And thank God because then you would be in heaven. You knelt down when you got born again, and when you stood up, you were still wearing the same natural man. Just like the little drug addict kid that got saved and changed. He spent his six weeks celebrating the freedom he felt, but he never dealt with the stronghold in his natural man because no one taught him to. So all he did was just receive the blessing. And then he ended up facing that stronghold again when he was tired. The devil came back with another yoke and got him when he was uh, depressed or sad or or just feeling lonely, got him at the right moment, and he gave in to it. And we all know stories of many people, including ourselves, who have tried to fight something and have given up. Well, if you just try to use discipline and willpower to overcome a stronghold, That stronghold you're going to find is a fortress. It has been built up and it will use logic and it will use natural thinking and it will use emotions against you to stop you from trying to break it down. And that's why it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal because you cannot overcome a stronghold. You're not supposed to just fix a stronghold. You must destroy a stronghold. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So this is here talking about the pathway of transformation. That you're not called to just be a better person in this world. You're actually called to mortify the natural man and build up the inward man with the love of God and the truth of God. And as you build up that inner man with the truth and love of God, That's what you confront and destroy these strongholds that are trying to tell you, give up. You already decided who you are. Verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. See, the high thing that's exalting itself against the knowledge of God. If I were to say to you, the knowledge of God says you are holy, not just in actions, but in thoughts that In the Old Covenant, if you committed adultery, you would be stoned. But Jesus said, hey, there's a if you even lust after a woman, that's adultery. See, that's a thought. That's not an action. If you hate your brother, you murdered him. In the Old Covenant, you'd have to murder someone. But under the New Testament, if you just hate your brother, you, you've committed that sin. That's the, the fight here is that you read a verse of who you're supposed to be in Christ. It says you are holy. You are to love your neighbor. You're not to hate your brother. You're not to lust after someone. And then you say, okay, I'm not going to lust anymore. I'm not going to desire that sin anymore. I'm not going to desire anger anymore or, or envy or jealousy or strife. I'm going to be perfect. Yes, sir, I read, I read that I'm to be perfect and like Christ, so I'm going to be like Christ. And then all of a sudden there's an argument that comes to tell you that's not going to work. There's a testing, and you find there's a high thing that's exalting itself in you, above the Word of God about you. And now you know that you have to pull that stronghold down. And this is where I get in little trouble because, listen, I've been broken many ways in my past, in my life, and we all have horror stories. 
about ways that we've been broken. And when you tell your horror story about how bad your life was, sure enough, you'll find someone else who had one ten times worse. And then there's someone more ten times worse than them. We all have sad stories and reasonings of why we're not able to be who we're supposed to be. And really it's just excuses of of why you gave up the fight that your natural stronghold, which is in your natural man, is wearing you down. You tried to change it. You try to be better. Some people, they gossip. I know people that gossip. It's not because they want to gossip. It's because they want people's approval. So they offer information like money. I'll sell you information and tell you what you want to hear so you'll give me approval. That's a stronghold. And you say, stop gossiping. It's not that they want to be a gossip. It's that they're using gossip as a way to fill that brokenness in them. And whatever caused that brokenness could be a million things. But we're all, we're all fighting stuff. And this is where, where some people, they, they're determined to live in their brokenness. And so they, they're like the homeless person. They live, but they're not homeless. They're just, they live in a certain victimness. I'm a victim. And what they do is they look for people that want to minister to them life. So that person becomes the source of life to them. And that one person, that Christian says, oh, I get to meet your need. I feel good about myself. And you get this crazy cycle where the victim stays the victim and the Christian meets their needs instead of teaching that victim to stop being a victim. Instead of teaching that person to look to Christ instead of looking to people. That person actually robs that person from meeting Jesus. One time I was preaching and this girl ran up to the altar and just started to weep at the altar. The anointing of God was on her and she was being changed and blessed. And she was weeping and there was a, the whole church went quiet. It was a holy moment and she was crying out to God. And so I stopped and everything stopped and she was all by herself at the altar, weeping and crying, and it was something was happening between her and God. And after a few moments, a, a sweet grandma lady came from the back and walked up and put her arm around her with a little prayer towel and, and began to just minister to her while she was weeping. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Stop her. Make her stop right now. And I thought, What's going on? God, she's a sweet grandma, just trying to give her love. He said, stop her. And that's when he taught me that that woman thought she was giving love to that girl, but really she was taking advantage of the moment because her natural stronghold felt like she needed to be needed. She needed to have purpose and to feel needed. So she actually stepped in between that little girl that was crying in between her and God and vacuumed up all that emotions that that girl was connecting to God and steered it to her. So I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to be here for you. And it was really serving her own stronghold. And the Lord said, stop. I want her. It's stopping this little girl from being healed because grandma's in there loving on her. And it's this vicious, endless cycle of someone needy being the victim, finding the answer in a person who needs purpose, and they just they just hug each other, and they, they tell each other they're going to be okay, and nothing changes. And it's, that's the problem. Nothing changes. The power of God is mighty. That These weapons we have are not carnal. It's mighty to pull in down strongholds in your life. There is a walk of transformation that is powerful that says you do not have to stay the same. And when I share the vision I had about walking into the throne room of God and the Lord spoke to me and said, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Come, come. And he was so excited to see me. And the father's face turned really stern. And he looked at me and said, who's that? And I looked, and and there in my right hand was a four-year-old boy. And my answer to God was, well, this is four-year-old Alan. 
And I brought him in here because my natural father died when I was four, and four-year Alan was broken and felt abandoned. And so I brought him in here so that you could heal him because he's broken. I'm broken. And I brought him in here so because I, as an adult, am having a hard time receiving my heavenly father as my father. And I brought four-year-old Alan in your presence, God, so you'll heal him. And when you heal him, I'll be able to receive you as my father. Well, the Lord said to me in this vision, he said, I'm not his father, I'm your father. And then he, he handed me a knife and said, kill him. You know, a lot of mamas get mad at me when I talk about this this vision. And especially people who have an idea of what's called inner healing. Now, inner healing itself really depends on what you describe as inner healing. All of us need to be fixed in the natural man. But when you describe inner healing, some people actually are talking about trying to fix the flesh through the flesh. They're trying to war against a brokenness with the flesh. They're saying uh, through psychology, let's go back. And I'm not trained in psychology, so my best explanation of psychology is let's go back to your brokenness moment and let's relive that and let's face what's in there and let's find love and forgiveness and healing. And the idea of inner healing for some people is really psychology. I'm for inner healing if it's the right definition. The right definition of inner healing should be that part of your natural man that was broken and is holding you back you need to face it and you need to kill it so that you're free to be all that God wants you to be and not to stay a victim forever. Some people will be like a homeless guy and stay, let you feed them their whole life. Now, let me just pause because there may be people that are that serious about not changing. And they, they will find and God will send them a minister and God bless these ministers. They will feel... They're called to that broken person to love them long enough to get them in heaven. And I'm not preaching that. I'm preaching to those who want to change the world, who want to see revival. And, and so that's another preacher you want to go listen to that will just love you and minister to you and help you to feed that stronghold so you'll stay the same, but at least you'll get to heaven. And I believe there are people called to that because there's people that are that serious about not changing and they want to stay the victim i don't believe in staying the victim i think it's feeding the flesh and it has an air of spirituality that oh just love me you just need to love me really love says you don't have to stay the same you can become all that the promises of god say you can walk in love not in natural love the love of god you can walk in holiness. You can walk in purity. All this is for you. But So when I describe inner healing and I talk about murdering the little four-year-old, some people were offended at me. Like, well, but I've, I've been through some of those seminars and some of those sessions of inner healing where you'd go and they'd hug you and they'd talk to you and go through all the, you know, well, let's talk about that moment. Let's go back and Father God loves you and it's meant to be a comfort in a way of loving people. But if it only stays there, that's not inner healing. That's inner feeding. We want an inner healing that allows someone to deal with the brokenness of their past. Acknowledge that the brokenness of the past is in the natural man. That's a stronghold. If you need inner healing because of something that happened to you, that's a stronghold in your outward man. That's a thought, a higher thought above even the Word of God that says you can't change. You just need to accept this is who you are. Transformation preaches that's not who you are. That's in your outward man. And your job is to go into the weapons of God and to mortify that stronghold, that thought, that experience to say you're not staying the same. I had to go into prayer. It was through praying in tongues through the weapons of praying in tongues and through the word of God, through worship, that I finally got to kill the brokenness that was inserted into four-year-old Alan 
And it was in my flesh after I was saved trying to tell me that God would abandon me the way that I was abandoned before. It wasn't a thought. It was a stronghold in me. Well, you have these two, and, and the weapons are not just, just stop doing it. Well, there's a reason why you're trying to do that, because there's a stronghold in you trying to tell you who you are. And that idea is against the Word of God. Now, it may not be as bad as a child molester. Some child molester, some old guy, has something so broken in him he can only see himself in, in molesting children. Well, that's a pretty strong stronghold. You know, we, we want, we're going to lock you up so you don't hurt anyone uh, while you deal with this stronghold. <laughs> we, we're just not going to let you run rampant and hurt people. There are some people that are so broken in their natural man. But the stronghold is to be mortified, is to be killed. So there's some strongholds that aren't as extreme as maybe a child molester or a murderer or an anger or things like that. But it's still stopping you from being all that God wants you to be. In the message of transformation, it means that we acknowledge that you need to overcome something. We acknowledge that it's there, it's not fake. What you're going through is real. That emotion is real. And we don't belittle people who've really been broken. I know people who've really been broken. I hear a lot of sob stories, and then I just, you know, say, listen, I know someone who was actually broken, actually abused, actually used, actually destroyed every ounce of them, of their natural strength destroyed every hope of a normal relationship destroyed every hope of self-worth destroyed this world is ruthless and can punish people and destroy people and i've seen that person use these tools of prayer and worship in the word and attack that stronghold and during the time that they were having to face it they needed encouragement and love and acceptance and forgiveness all along the way. That, to me, is the definition of inner healing, that we're going to acknowledge that you're not going to stay the same. We're not going to feed the brokenness. You're going to attack the brokenness, and you're going to pull down that stronghold, but not through psychology, not through just learning to love yourself with that brokenness, but through the weapons of warfare, through praying in tongues, through worshiping God, through fasting, through meditating and confessing the Word of God, you're actually building up the inner man to where you'll be able to pull that sucker down, that stronghold that's been in you, you'll be able to pull it down and kill it, mortify it. And, and during the path, while you're on that path, we're going to love you and remind you that God loves you, and remind you that you're forgiven. And yeah, you may have given into it. We all we all struggle with different things at different levels, but don't let go of the weapons of pulling that stronghold down. Because it's not in you. You are no longer that stronghold. That stronghold is in your natural man and is trying to tell you who you are. There are weapons of God that will allow you to pull that stronghold down out of your life to kill it, to mortify it, so it no longer will speak to you and say, you need to feed me. So many Christians, so many ministries are built around feeding these strongholds that lie inside the natural man because people have given up trying to change. I'm not talking about the ones who stop. There's homeless people that have stopped. There's broken people who have stopped, and then they just don't want to fight to get out. And we're still supposed to love them and and God will send specific people to them to give their life to help love them to make sure they get to heaven. But the walk as the church overall is to overcome these strongholds, not to build a life around them. Do you know that most Christians live their life serving God and feeding these strongholds? Usually it's with purpose. It's with value. They feed these and they bring it to church, the strongholds to church, and they, they feed the whole, some churches are built around allowing you to feed your strongholds so your flesh is happy. And, and they do it in the name of God, but really they're feeding 
the brokenness inside of their natural man rather than pulling that stronghold down. Let's just read this and then we'll close. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So this is the kind of inner healing verbiage that I want to just remind you. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with an inner healing that just says, let me just love you and, and know that you're loved. It's not a healing. It may look like an inner healing. To me, inner healing is you're already free. Now we're going to take that stronghold out of your life and we'll love you while you practice these tools. Many of us have gone to prayer. We've gone to the altar and we said to the preacher, I have this area of my life and I want it to leave. Can you pray for me? Because I don't want it anymore. It's not of God. And the preacher prayed for us and then that stronghold didn't leave. We've tried to rebuke it. We've asked, begged God, God, please take this from me. God, please take this from me. I don't want this anymore. Well, the problem is it's in your flesh. God did not fix your flesh. He did not rescue your flesh. He's going to replace it at the sound of the trumpet. It was left in darkness. But he's given you weapons that are not carnal, that are mighty to pull down that stronghold. So I do believe in inner healing. If it's defined as mortifying the stronghold and pulling down the stronghold, that says you're not valuable or not important to God. And I do believe in the process of loving someone and providing an environment where they're loved and cared for while they overcome. But I won't go into agreement with you to feed that stronghold and say, oh, you're okay, just stay the same, and we need to feed that victimness. To me, that's not love. That means I don't love you. I love me. I'm actually, those type of relationships, I'm feeding my own stronghold by helping you feed your stronghold. I don't believe in that kind of inner healing. I believe in that kind of inner healing where you mortify the voice in your soul, natural soul, that says you're not good enough, you're not worthy, God's going to do to you what that person did to you. See, these are the brokenness that we all have to face. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, the obedience of God, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So here's a process talking about starting all the way over in, in chapter 4, if you want, or even chapter 1, about this inner man and the outward man and the perishing of the outward man in this walk, that every day your outward man loses power while your inner man is renewed and grows in the knowledge of God. That's the heart of transformation. You have an inner man that's righteous and holy, an inner body now that the new nature lit up the inner body, the inner part of your soul, the spiritual side of your soul. Now one day, when you pass, or when the trumpet sounds, but one day when we go to heaven, there will be a, a, a cutting of that silver cord that ties the inner man and the outward man together. And that's when your outward man falls off of you, and you go to heaven, and you have no more sorrow, no more sadness. Why is there no sorrow in heaven or sadness? Because the source of the sadness, the source of the stronghold, is in your outward man the outward part of your soul. And the day that the silver cord is cut and the body falls off of you, you're now going to be looking just like Jesus because you'll have only righteousness, righteous thoughts, pure thoughts. The Word of God is true when it tells you who you are, but there's a pathway that every believer should walk the moment they're born again to begin walking, praying and worshiping, fasting, confessing and meditating the Word. It sounds like homework sometimes, but you're feeding the inward man with the weapons and you are building up that inward man. So one day you will look at that stronghold that says, you're not worthy, you're not good enough, or you need this or that to be happy. And it pressures you and pressures you and pushes you. And the word of God causes you to see that, hey, there's something in me that I'm fighting that is contrary to the Word of God. It's actually holding itself higher 
than the Word of God. The Word of God says I'm holy, but there's a stronghold in me saying that it's higher than the Word of God. So therefore, I don't have to obey the Word of God. And I've tried to obey the Word of God, and I failed, and I failed, and I tried, and I failed. Eventually, I just gave up, said, you know, it's okay to steal a little bit. It's okay to lie a little bit. It's okay to act a certain way. It's okay to flirt a little bit. It's okay to be a certain way. You start to negotiate with the outward man about a Christianity that says it's okay as long as you're serving God and giving money to the church and giving time to the gospel. As long as you're getting better and stronger, it's okay. Don't pull down the stronghold. Stronghold's there in the natural man, in the natural part of your soul. And it's going to stay there until you use the weapons of God to remove it. And you can. I want to encourage you today, this message of transformation, I hope to inspire you to pray like faithfully in tongues, to spend time in worship, to spend time meditating the Word of God. The outer man doesn't like it, but the inner man is being matured and growing. And eventually, whatever that stronghold is, it may have beaten you a thousand times. He loves you through it all. I love you through it all. You're washed every time you just ask for forgiveness and keep attacking that stronghold with the weapons of God and not the weapons of the flesh because the weapons of the flesh through willpower, through legalism, and even trying to comfort someone through it are not going to pull that stronghold down. They'll stay in it, in that person the rest of their life. I got one friend in her 70s. She was still trying to win her dad's approval. The conversation was like, look, he's ready to die. You're you're 70. You know, why are you still broken like a 13-year-old girl? Why is that still in you? You would think after all these years that you would figure out you're not going to get your dad's approval. He's just that broken, and you're allowing that brokenness to make you broken, and you're living in it. This is a a preacher, a, a good Christian woman, spent her whole life and couldn't get past that stronghold. And it didn't just disappear. Well, you have one too. I have a bunch of them too. But praise God, every time I spend praying in tongues, every time I spend building up that inner man, I'm beginning to say to the stronghold in my natural man. See, it's not me that's broken. It's my natural man that's broken. I am able to say, you may think you're higher than the Word of God, but I have weapons that I'm going to pull you down and make you submit to the Word of God. That's not just a a one-time thing. You have to build up that inner man. And as that inner man grows and matures and is renewed in the knowledge of God, you start to see, no, this is who I am. That's a lie. I am not broken. I will not get, feed you anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, uh, murder you. I'm going to mortify you. And I'm going to kill you. That voice that says, I need this to be happy, that's a lie. It's against the Word of God. It's trying to live higher in me. But it's not me. It's my natural man. So transformation gives hope to every believer. The moment you're saved, you are a new creature. The flesh doesn't just disappear, but you can make it bow its knee to the inner man, bow its knee to the Word of God. If you don't give up, keep praying, keep fasting, keep worshiping. Inner healing, if you describe it the right way, is powerful. But if you describe it the wrong way, it's not healthy for people. It's not the right way in Scripture to overcome. I hope I made sense to you. I love you. Let's keep transforming day by day, renewing that inner man. God bless you. We'll see you soon.